What you're about to hear is an all-new episode of the Carolina Weather Group featuring never-before-heard moments of our conversation with James Spann. He's the chief meteorologist at ABC 3340 and the host of the Weather Brains podcast. He joined us earlier this year to mark the 10th anniversary of the April 27th, 2011 tornado outbreak in his state. You can find a link to that conversation in the show description. And now, some new moments from that conversation that James Spann had with us here at the Carolina Weather Group earlier this year. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. We're happy to have you this evening. We are joined by ABC 3340 in Birmingham, Alabama, Chief Meteorologist James Spann. When we watch a lot of your severe weather coverage online, I think a lot of us do that and other people who are fellow weather nerds do. One of the things that you're known for are, is referencing community locations, street corners, landmarks, businesses, and I'm hearing it in our conversation with you thus far, too. So here's my question for you. And humor me, because I can look up dates and figures, but I'd rather hear the story from you. How long have you lived in Birmingham, and what did you do to ingrain yourself so well in that community? I'm just old as dirt. That's part of the deal. I mean, <laughs> come on, you know, um, so I came to Birmingham Television. This is embarrassing. In September of 1979, the week of Hurricane Frederick. <laughs> Um, so that's how long I've been in this market. Now, having said that, I was transferred to Dallas back in the mid eighties. I was called in the front office one day and on a Friday. And you know what happens when they call you in the front office on a Friday, you're typically about to be fired. It's never good. No, but instead of firing me, they transferred me. They said, you, you're doing a great job and we want you in the biggest station the company owns. It's the CBS affiliate in Dallas and you start Monday. <laughs> so uh, I spent some time away in Dallas, but I, I, I'm from here. You know, my equity is here. I'm, I was born here. I'll die here. I'll be buried here. So I served them and I did the best I can for them for several years, but I wanted to come back. My wife wanted to come back and we had the opportunity to do that. So uh, apart from being in Dallas for a while, I've been here since the late 1970s. And here's the trick. And I tell interns this all the time. You cannot be successful in communicating weather, especially during life-threatening weather, unless you understand the people, the culture, and the geography of the market. You can't. You can't just stay there for six months and be good at it. I sucked in Dallas because I, I didn't understand the market. I competed against the legendary Harold Taft, the world's greatest weatherman on the NBC channel. Uh, I competed against Troy Dungan on Channel 8, and people from Texas would know them that, that are older, but that they had the equity, that they understood the market. So, but here's the trick. Uh, speaking in schools every day, every day. Now, we're in this weird COVID deal where all my school programs are on Zoom calls, which is just really lame, but, you know, it beats nothing. But forget COVID. During normal times, I'm in a school every single day during the school year, sometimes two schools. And here's the trick. Drive the roads less traveled. All you see on the interstate is interstate. Get off the stinking interstate and drive the roads where people live. And if you do it consistently and do it over a series of years, you will have mental images of all these places that you visited and all of these roads and intersections and businesses. And you can use that. That is useless information, except when there are tornadoes flying, because you start to use those landmarks, then people can understand that. You know, here, here's the weather service warning. We have a possible tornado 14 miles southwest of Clanton moving northeast. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. And I've been here forever. But if you say on television, 
the circulation centers near Jim's Pit Barbecue. Everybody in Billingsley, Alabama knows where Jim's Pit Barbecue is. And they can relate to that and they can understand that Jim Bird's farm in Forkland, Alabama. They know where Jim Bird's farm is, but they don't know, you know, eight miles northeast of Demopolis. So that is a major part of communicating information during severe weather. And here's the other thing, guys. We've learned this through social scientists. People cannot find their house on a map. What do we show on TV? What do you guys show on your blogs and all your products you put out? Maps, maps, maps and more maps. So for most people, it's Russian. They can't read that. They don't even know what it means. So, so it's like, you know, you post this map, you work really hard on it. You think any third grader can understand this. What's the first 87 questions on Facebag? What about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about my hometown? Because they can't understand that map. And so during life-threatening weather, that map that's on TV, if there's a radar map behind me, that's a bunch of gibberish. I've got to talk to them in terms of the language and the geography locations they can understand. I can't fix geography, geography literacy. I can't do that. But we can sure get around it on television by using landmarks. So the trick is being in a school every day. I've heard some TV people, ooh, I visited two schools last month. What are you talking about? You ought to be in two schools every day. What's the matter with you? And then they'll say, well, I don't have time to do that. Yes, you do. You do. You, you make time for the things that are important to you. And you, you got time to do two schools a day. Come on, man. I, you know, it's, I'm doing it and I'm old as dirt. I mean, come on. So speaking, I'll, in I'll school, give you credit. I bet you you've taught more people geography than you might realize. <laughs> I try. I, I just want to know what you do with all those cakes those schools give you. Man, if, if I got into that stuff, I, I would. <laughs> at my age, it's not good. So I, I will nibble on it and, and pass it. But we've not had a cake in this building in a year, which is unbelievably weird. That's a newsroom longest, without food. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and of course, most of the people aren't even working here. I was I was working at home for a long time. I, they brought me back because the tornado season's here. But we're just living in weird times, guys. Weird, weird times. You, you speak of working from home. And uh, the only other person I know who has a, a great setup is Brad Panovich. Uh, you and Brad have this great home studio. Uh, what has it been like this past year working in a COVID environment? Well, you know, we, we had to figure out messaging last year. Let's go back a year. You know, March, the spring tornado season starts to peak. We had some pretty big tornado days last year. The Easter tornado outbreak was huge. And everybody was scared to death. Nobody knew what this COVID deal was. This is, you know, pandemics. You don't really have a book on how to deal with that. And people were afraid. And understand, guys, where I am, a lot of people away from municipalities, where do they live? Trailers. And, and again, I'm, I guarantee you some hater is going to say, oh, oh, you shouldn't be saying that word trailer. You, you're a bigot. Somebody called me a bigot for saying that on the air the other day. Well, you go down to the Dollar General and ask people where they live. They talk, What do they talk about? Their trailer. I have to use language that people use. But most people live in mobile homes. And so people in mobile homes, where do they go during a tornado warning? A community shelter. You guys ever been in one of these things? Um, you guys don't get out much, do you? I mean, you guys are a bunch of city slickers on here. I, I need to get you in a tornado shelter, a community tornado shelter in East Aboga, Alabama. All right. It's not a really pleasant place. It smells funky in there. People are close. People are in your space. You got dogs. You know, you got people with B.O. I mean, it's, it's just not a good situation here. And so but but people were afraid to get in these community shelters because you're not social distancing. And what am I? Am I going to be killed by this virus or am I going to be killed by the tornado? Which way do I want to die? And that, literally, that's what people were thinking last year. 
And so we work with the Alabama Department of Public Health. And again, it kind of goes back to this you know, hospital position I have as a volunteer. We, we got to come up with a statement here, not from me, but from physicians, clinicians that, that can explain the situation and explain the prioritization here for people. And they did. You know, that was the first thing we had to overcome. And we had the same problem with the hurricane season. Goodness gracious. You know, it was nonstop with hurricanes down here. And uh, again, the messaging was clear on what people need to do about COVID and sheltering and evacuating. And we, we figured that out. And then you had to figure out how to work from home. But I got a green wall. I mean, you guys don't have green walls at your house. I got a puke green wall in my office. It's awesome. You have to have a loving wife because that does not fit into anybody's home decor to have a chroma key wall in your office. But I'm already set up to do that because I do a segment on the morning show from my house every day. I've been doing that for years. So I, you know, I was good to go on that. That was easy. But having to adjust to these online school programs, it's just weird. You give me third graders in a gym, I'll light them up like a Christmas tree. Those are my people. They think I'm funny. I mean, I would teach third grade science if I didn't do this. But on a Zoom call, you see them, you know, they're, they're eating their Fruit Loops and, you know, picking their nose and sleeping. And it's, it's just like, come on, man. Uh, you can't control the crowd like you can in a gymnasium, but you learn to live with it. You know, we've adjusted and we've gotten through this thing. Okay. Uh, and we're going to be back in here again. I'm back. And, you know, hopefully everybody, the, the one thing I hate though, guys, the intern program, it's shut down. And I hate that the, these wonderful, brilliant college kids that are so much smarter than I am. I love to surround myself with smart people and we, the intern program is shut down. So, you know, until things normalize, I don't have that. And I hate that because there are a lot of really good kids that need a good intern slot right now. So that's how I broke into broadcasting was internship. Yeah. yeah. James, when we had uh, Ryan Vaughn on the show after his tornado a year ago, one of the first in the pandemic era that he was trying to track this from home. Yeah. He credited. I, I watched him on the air, by the was, way. He was great. It was incredible. He credited your inspiration for weather cameras, making all the difference in their market and in the industry. So, well, Ryan, they, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's a smart guy. He didn't, I mean, he, he was going to figure this out on his own. He didn't need me to help, <laughs> but he, he's on it. You know, if, if you gave me a, a $200,000, just a, a, a windfall to spend in weather, what type of equipment would you go buy? Would you go buy a, you know, your own C-band radar, what, what would you do with it? I would spend every cent on cameras because that's what makes the difference during severe weather coverage. And again, down here, most tornadoes are rain wrapped. They happen at night, but I'm telling you, you got to have cameras everywhere. And, um, you know, they're, they're expensive to maintain. They go down. They're, it's a pain in the rear end, but I would rather spend money on cameras than in radar. And we know that. And again, I see a lot of really good TV guys, but you know what they'll do? They'll spend eight, eight hours on radar and they don't even stand in the chrome key wall. They'll stand over there in the equipment area, you know, running the equipment. And all you see on the screen is just radar with no human interaction. And I'll say this, we have learned through social science studies, you've got to be on camera. And I'm not necessarily the kind of guy that needs to be on camera. I mean, I am not a looker here, okay? I'm not one of these guys in San Diego and Los Angeles, you know, the blow-dried boob guys with the big hair and the pocket square and the white teeth and the $10,000 suits. That's not me. I'm just an old guy from Greenville. But at the same time, they read your body language. They read your eye contact. They read the way that you're dressed. They will 
just they they see they, they see your countenance and it's hard to describe but if you're not on camera all of that's gone and you've lost a lot of your effective communication skill so the first thing we have to do is be on camera but while you're on camera what do you got to you got those cameras you get off that radar and again it's so easy to get so excited about it. now you got you know do a polarization radar. Ooh, we can see tornado debris. And that's an amazing tool. We never thought that product would be that good. But people just don't see that. But if you can show them a live video of something on camera, they'll do something about it. So cameras are a big deal to me. And I'm, Ryan was brilliant that day. He was just incredible. The question I have for you is that uh, you've mentioned that uh, you have some concerns about the risk levels in the SPC outlooks. And uh, I'm with you on that. I don't think we're the only ones who'd like to see some improvements to help communicate uh, the risk level a little better. So suppose you were a part of a committee that was assigned to improve that system. Which direction would you try to steer that discussion? Number one, the word slight's gone. It's out of here. Gone. Because when people hear the word slight, they think nothing's going to happen. Where if you do a study, most of the tornadoes in my state occur on slight risk days. So that in itself is a big problem. So that word has just got to go. Uh, so, you know, I, I would toss that. And I'm not so again, this is more of a Kim Cloco McLean question. This is a social science question. Obviously, high needs to stay. We all know what that means. High, you know, enhance needs to be right under high. I know that high and enhance that needs to be five and four. Beyond that, we can all argue what the words need to be. Some people like the word extreme. That's okay. Uh, but that's a, so I, I don't know the right answer to that. But again, I go back to the fact that we've got to be standardized. We have to be standardized. We, we've got to do this together. And, and I'll be honest with you guys. And I, I've got a problem uh, because you've got my local National Weather Service office. And I love these guys. Kevin Laws, it is like the, the smartest guy I know. The brother I never had, the younger brother. He's brilliant. But by golly, their outlooks don't match SPC's outlooks. So here you got the Weather Service in Birmingham with this set of graphics and colors and boundaries. And this Storm Prediction Center has a different set of boundaries. And I'm thinking, how am I supposed to message this? This is NOAA. This is the Weather Service. And, and they can't even coordinate within the same organization. And again, Rich Thompson, John Hart, these are our Army Rangers, our Navy SEALs. They are brilliant men and women that work out there, like Kevin Laws here. But I've got to get them on the same page. I need to get us in a padded room where we're going to lock the door and throw away the keys. And we're all going to agree, friends, to use the same colors and words. And we're going to coordinate. Guess what? We can really use some communication here. And here's another. I'm going to chase a rabbit. The National Weather Service chat is a disaster, total disaster. Uh, guess what the Weather Service in Birmingham used last Wednesday? I probably shouldn't be saying this because I might get them in trouble. Uh-oh. Slack. We were using Slack between the integrated warning team, broadcast meteorologist, emergency managers, first responders, the weather service. It is an amazingly modern, stable, robust platform that is built for what we need to do. You can share images and video. It is an amazing platform. Uh, but I got a message from the MIC down here. Guess what he said we're going to be doing this week? Back when to weather service chat because some, you know, Jamoke, you know, got his pants in a wad. Weather service chat goes down all the time. It's not reliable. That is an urgent way of coordinating and communicating. And that, I, I don't understand that. 
but you know, somebody got in trouble, I guess. So I, I'm, ch- I'm probably getting somebody in trouble here, but goodness, we, we've got to fix that. But it, back to your question, it goes to coordination and communication. And I think we all ought to be on Slack, everybody in the weather enterprise or, or some platform like that that's modern and stable so we can communicate. We love Slack. We've got warnings that come into Slack. We talk yeah. about the show during Slack. We do everything in Slack. Yeah, and, and you right. guys know into that. Every, every one of us that, that's in the weather enterprise should be able to access uh, the conversation that's going on and, uh, and be able to contribute as long as they're behaving. Yeah, and, and so what happens, you know, like, like let's say we got a big day Thursday everybody's going to get into this Birmingham room, BMX, because that's where the action is. you got a you know, big moderate risk or a high risk or something. Everybody's in there. What does it do? It crashes. It just goes down. And, uh, you know, and they won't even let them use Slack as a backup, I think, now. It's just like off the table. And I'm thinking, guys, we are here to mitigate loss of life. We're not here to make, you know, some guy's feelings feel good up in you know, NOAA headquarters. And I, I regret that. But but part of this communication thing and getting our messaging coordinated, it's that we have a collaboration chat. I don't know if anybody does this. We have a collaboration chat between the Weather Service, MIC, Sue and WCM and the chief meteorologist in the in the CWA. And that's it. That's all that's on there. And before big events, guess what we do? We go on there and we talk. This is prior to a winter storm, prior to a hurricane, prior to a severe weather event. And we coordinate. And we exchange ideas. We have input to the weather service and what they do. And we come up with a plan together. And so we're on the same page. We communicate it differently. We all do. There's some people that think I'm, I'm a you know jabroni. They're not going to watch me. They're going to watch the other guy. That's fine. But they're going to get the same message from the other guy. And so I wish everybody would do that. And that, that's where the you know, weather service and storm prediction center need to be this collaboration kind of thing. We're all kind of working toward the same goal here. The uh, multi-level approach that we have toward uh, these, uh, the outlooks from SPC, do you think that that would be something that would be valuable to add uh, to the warning process as well? Like for example, uh, have multiple levels of severe thunderstorm warnings, like, like code yellow, orange, red, where, you know, one is, would be the ordinary severe thunderstorm warning that we had today in orange. You see hurricane force winds, and then the highest level would be something uh, really epic, like what, like the uh, derecho that hit Iowa uh, back uh, a year ago. Uh, what do you think about that kind of idea? It's a, it's, it's a discussion that I've wanted to see Uh, it's a good discussion and i think there might be a different answer in different markets you know what works here might not work somewhere else but in my opinion if we start going to a multi-tiered warning system people are really going to get confused as it is now and i question this and i wonder about it i don't i think it's okay but have we gone the wrong way with these tornado emergencies where now if it's not a tornado emergency it's not a big deal it's just a tornado warning (laughs) And people don't do anything. And and so I I think we have a two-tiered system now with tornadoes and severe thunderstorms and flash floods. There's a flash flood emergency. Uh, You can issue a severe thunderstorm emergency, I think, if you've got a, you know, derecho or some big, really high-impact, widespread wind damage type event. So in a way, we have a two-tiered system, and I wouldn't want to go past that. But I do worry about that. I do hear from time to time. In fact, somebody said to me the other day, last Wednesday, we had 25 tornadoes. We were on the air for a long time. They said, well, you know, you never called a tornado emergency. So I didn't think much of it. And these guys were in the path of an EF2 tornado, and they didn't do anything because I didn't say tornado emergency. 
because we were showing debris being lofted. That technically is a confirmed tornado now. And so I just wonder if that is a can of worms that we've opened up that we need to address. I, I don't know. But I, in fact, I need to, with this next thing, I'm going to mention that on the air. When you're on TV for, you know, 10 hours, when you get a little break, you can talk about stuff like that. But uh, thank goodness the tornado lifted before it got to his house. But he really was not going to do anything because I did not say tornado emergency. So to me, we have a two-tiered right. system now. So James, uh, you know, I actually started following you on Twitter a few weeks before April 27th. And the one thing that I noticed is that you were Big Mac nut. I am a Big Mac nut. What got you into the apple orchard, so to speak? <laughs> why, why did you, why did, why, you know, cause there's so many, you know, I, I get so much grief from all of, you know, from, from everybody that's like, why, why are you, you know, why aren't you on Linux? Why aren't you, you know, you know, every, GRs and Windows. So what got you into the, the Mac side of things? I, I, I spoke at a conference one time with Mike Gibson. Y'all know Mike Gibson? Y'all have him oh, yeah. on the show here. I, I love Mike, you know, but I said, Mike, when are you going to port this stuff over to, to, to mobile and to Macs? And, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, he's, he's never going to do it. But uh, I, I lost, to make a long story short, I lost a, uh, a project. I've been, it was a video project for a TV station I've been working on for five days to the blue screen of death. Some of it was my fault because I didn't back it up. Right. But I was I was heartbroken. I mean, I was literally physically crushed. The pain is still there today. This was in the, the spring of 2006. And a friend of mine said, all right, let me help you. And he took me down and showed me his apple orchard, his gear. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always been kind of an outlier. And back in those days, you're kind of an outlier if you went with the apple products and mm -hmm. Because I was an OS, this is how old I am. I was an OS2 guy. This is before you guys were born. OS2 mm -hmm. was the competing operating system with Windows, mm -hmm. uh, the, the GUI back in the 90s. But, uh, I, you know, it's kind of based on Linux and it's stable. And I said, all right, I'm all in. So in 06, and uh, I got to be buddies with, you know, Tim Cook. We were email buddies. Uh, you know, he, he was under jobs for a long time. And uh, Tim is from Robertsdale, Alabama, uh, down here in Baldwin County and uh, an Auburn guy. And, uh, you know, he, he said right after April 27th, you know, they're going to step in and, and financially, you know, help folks down here. And he's, he's just been great. So uh, and, and again, it's mainly just the fact that it works. Guys, I am busy. I am the southeastern distributor of busy. I don't know about you guys. My struggle is time management. Uh, I'm sleeping three hours a night. That's not good. Um, and every second counts. Every se time is precious. Everybody in the world has 24 hours in a day. How you spend it determines who you are. Uh, and I struggle with it. And, and if I spend an hour a day on computer problems, I ain't got time for that. I just needed to work. And the minute this Apple stuff doesn't work, <laughs> I'm going to something else. Yeah. So it, it's not necessarily loyalty to Apple. It's loyalty to something that just works when you turn it on, which is where I've been since 2006. And, and they really haven't let me down yet. This stuff lasts for a long time. You know, it, it just runs forever. And, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a happy consumer. This segment brought to you by Apple. <laughs> send them an invoice. Send, send yeah. Tim an invoice. I should. Yeah. Or they can at least get me another M1 Mac. You know, I mean, you can, the more the merrier, right? Yes. So. I don't have one of those yet because I keep these things forever. I'll probably get yeah. my first M1 in like five years or something. It'd be like the M6 or something yeah, like yeah. that. M M12. <laughs> yep, exactly. No, that's great. Um, and these guys have no idea what we're talking about, but it's okay. Yeah, no, it, it's all good. You know, uh, one other follow-up question and then, and then we'll, you know, go to Scott. Yeah, and I do have to break in four minutes guys uh, yeah. sorry so radar scope tv when you know when they introduced the tv product uh on the ipad um was that because that you showed radar scope on the air and they didn't yeah well I, look if you get look mike wolf and barger on the show before you need to get mike on the show 
yeah. Mike wrote that code. That's his program. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, he was with WDT. And of course now it's DTN. He's a great guy. And uh, yeah, he, he noticed that. And uh, he, he thought, well, maybe we ought to get into the TV graphics business. And maybe the school of thought was to kind of expand that and, you know, maybe look at, you know, expanding the offerings for TV stations. But after we talked about it, it was just a, it was a case where, eh, you know, the best thing to do is just to let it go. It can promote radar scope. That's mm -hmm. what it needs to be. So that's what it is now. Everybody with mm -hmm. radar scope, you can airplay it to an Apple TV, run it back to the switcher and put it on television. And I think that was the right decision. Yeah. I think t television is in a major state of flux. Our business is dying. The business model is dying. I mean, nobody watches linear television anymore. You go home and watch, you watch Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, you know, YouTube, whatever. And we've got to reinvent our business model. And during this time, this is not a good time to get into the TV graphics business. You know, Barron and Weather Company, you know, they've got, they're the two players in it. And I, I don't think there's room for a third. So I think they made the right decision to kind of draw out of that business. I, I just want to know from the perspective of us being around for – uh, six, seven years. Weatherbrains has been around way longer than that. And how is that? How have you guys been able to sustain that? I don't know, man. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> you think we run out of things to talk about. We, we started that in 06. Um, and I didn't care if anybody listened. I mean, I, and I was not even the host. We had like a real broadcaster that was the host back then. Um, but every, everybody needs a creative outlet. You know, when you're on television or doing a you know, blog post, you're, you're structured. And I think every human needs to be creative in some way. And, and when you do weather, you need to talk about it. And we, we don't care if anybody listen to weather brains. We just wanted to gather together and talk. And so it's been there. It's like therapy for me on Monday night. We go in there and we laugh and we cut up and we're friends and, and we can say things and we're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. And, you know, we've had all these people on the show and I've, I've met some amazing people and made some great connections. And uh, it, I look forward to it. it is weird as it is. Here's something else weird. I can't, can't, I cannot wait to come to work every day. Is that weird or what? I mean, I've been doing this 43 years and I can't wait to come to work today. That's how much I love my job. And, and we love doing the show. It's just fun. It's like you guys, come on, you do this. It's, it's like, I don't know if it's like therapy for you, but it's, it's like therapy for me. There are days where you get beat down by these haters and trolls and you know, jabronis on social media. It's brutal. That is not a good place for mental health. It will eat you up. And knowing I can come into weather brains and say whatever I want to say, and my friends are there and they accept me just the way I am. It, it's very refreshing. I think we all can echo that. All right. Last question. And we're going to have to have you back because there's so much more we could talk about. Uh, I don't want this question to get you in trouble. So answer it lightly. You're He's in only got like 60 seconds. You're an Alabama guy through and through for those of us who have not spent a lot of time in Alabama. Where's that one spot we should go visit? Oh man. Go to Jim's Pit Barbecue. I mentioned it before on US 82 <laughs> in Billingsley, Alabama. Go to Jim's and from Jim's, take my route down to the Gulf Coast and go to Gulf Shores, the most beautiful beaches in the world. So Jim's Pit Barbecue, go south and go to the beach. How can we follow you on social media right quick? Uh, span on Twitter and Span WX on the gram and the TikTok. Yeah, I love your TikTok, by the way. See, we got to have you back. We got to have you Thanks, guys. Have a great Thank day. You, James. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, we appreciate your time tonight. Go follow James on social media. I'm sure you probably already are if you're watching our show. And uh, just great to get around and, and hang out with James. And I promise you, we'll, we'll have him back. We've, we've got a whole list of questions we didn't even get to tonight. So stick around. We'll, we'll make sure that James uh, repays us another visit here real soon. So for the rest of everyone here on the panel, we uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And we will see you back here next Wednesday night for another episode of the Carolina Weather Group.